You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. Hi, Spots and Cheap Pops! And what a week this has been! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Silicon One, Steve Valley, and I am with Vlad the Impaler on the other side, once again bringing truth, justice, and professional wrestling to you people. And the only awesome way that we know how to do today's episode is brought to you by Cresco. Anyway, Darks, let's go right in it. Impaler, Dark Side of the Ring. Before we get into it, how was your day? Looks like your Buccaneers had a spectacular win today, almost blew it. But then really pulled away in the end with a couple of pick sixes. Hopefully you started Tampa Bay's defense. Holy shit. Actually, I started Tom Brady, and he threw five touchdowns. He's just an incredible legend of a machine. I uh, had the, I had the uh, pleasure to actually see it firsthand as I played Tom Brady and his uh, top receiver as well. So I lost. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. But we are here to talk about dark side of the ring this week. And, and honestly, this, is, this show just continues, first of all. Knocks it out of the park on almost every single episode. I mean, Nick Gage really interesting, you know. <laughs> so God bless him. And well, for, I, for me anyway, not for the impaler. But this one, a pretty heavy bomb dropped, and we're going to talk about the entire episode. But right now, impaler, we got to talk about the eight hundred pound elephant in the room, Ric Flair. Now reported to, in some would consider sexually assaulting, or at, at the very least. Uh, propositioning himself with the flight attendant on that was on the the plane ride from hell. And if anyone doesn't know about it, get your ears on because you definitely watch this episode. The plane ride from hell is basically a who's who of professional wrestling on a plane and absolutely uh, the most insane not even sophomore, I would say childish behavior you've ever seen men acting like. And we're going to get into all that. But the biggest and worst thing to come out of it many years later, Heidi Doyle, the former flight attendant for SportsJet, she came out and was confirmed by Rob Van Dam that and Tommy Dreamer that Ric Flair cornered her, whipped out his had his penis out in full Ric Flair regalia other than having his cock out and would not let her go kind of grab. I think he grabbed her by her arm briefly and very uncomfortable situation. And Paler, your reaction to that and everything going on, man, this is pretty incredible. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really good episode. Um, and, you know, it's a story that I've heard before, but then you're seeing a little bit of a different nuances, a few different nuances with it. And, um, man, like cutting to the chase, the whole Ric Flair situation, um, he, what I found to be really uh, incredibly interesting with this whole circumstance was what they're doing is retelling a story that happened in 2003 where – some of this behavior was like deemed acceptable by society. And especially when you had a guy like Ric Flair, who was doing it from the 1970s to the eighties, to the nineties, to the early two thousands. And he's probably still doing it. Just getting naked, showing his, uh, his male prowess and just flaunting it in full helicopter fashion. And, 
he did this in a way where he felt made a woman feel trapped, victimized, and really was seemingly forcing himself into her private private space, if you will. And you felt, I think, with the genius of that episode, it was like having her testimony, and you could feel feel like really just bad for her because here she's she was just became newly a mother. She's just trying to make money. It's a good gig, but as her awful luck would have it, her path crossed Ric Flair, the nature boy, after he had been drinking for like seven plus hours. And it was just chaos, acceptable chaos with Vincent K. McMahon on that flight with Linda. It's insane. And you know what? It, you really feel for it. And, um, you know, you, you had a, other aspects of the of the flight with the Lesnar and Henning uh, competition, if you want to call it that. They're almost going through the emergency door. Um, the whole oh, Michael Hayes thing with X-Pac getting his haircut. And that just encapsulates some of what went on there. And then in the middle and towards the end of it all, you have Ric Flair just full helicopter fashion, letting it loose and making people feel uncomfortable. And and the woman was, to me, like really genuine about what she was saying. It wasn't even uh, a thing of victimhood. It was just this was part of my life and here it is and understand that this sort of thing happened. And you could sense where you felt like sorrow, actually, was like from Rob Van Dam. You could just sense that he's like, man, she didn't deserve that. Yeah, so. and I think you, that, that's to a whole other greater point, because I think we've all been, a lot of us, if you're in your mid-40s and 50s and maybe and older, we've all been in a situation where maybe a woman was made to feel uncomfortable and we were in the room with them and we didn't speak up for that woman. I think we've all kind of, I think we, as, as men now, in our four, I know I have, and Paler, I'm not sure if you have, but it has happened. You know, obviously, I never saw him get raped or anything or anything, whatever. But I'm just talking about having a girl feel uncomfortable and not stepping in. Or, right. you know, it, it, so that's where Rob. So it is kind of a part of this evolution we have in our society. I think that's where Rob Van Dam feels it, because I don't think he probably didn't know, realize how big of a deal it was, you know, back in, you know, 18 years ago, or opposed to how he feels about it now. I right. know there's things exactly so that was kind of what that was. And our and look, by the way, Tommy Dreamer, which is the other part about this. Tommy Dreamer, while this woman was giving you her version and her story and, and telling you everything that she was feeling at that time, having this man in full, woo, touch it, doing the whole thing. And Tommy Dreamer still clearly in awe, thinking of Space Mountain. Thinking of everything that is Ric Flair, thinking it's okay because he's Ric Flair, and be in dismissing her. Some people found it offensive, and you could tell the way he's talking about it. You could tell. I mean, people get offended by my ponytail because it's so stupid and ugly. And it was just what, what, a, what a reach! What a reach! It, it was a ridiculous reach. But the thing was, when you hear her story. Added up to Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer, and he apologized today, folks. And so, breaking news—that was one of the breaking news we're gonna we wanted to get into. It's not super breaking; it happened a few hours ago. Tommy Dreamer did apologize and say he's from the bottom of his heart. If he for everybody, he's offended. He's very, very sorry. He's really sorry from the bottom of his heart. I, you know, obviously, he he said these comments within the last year. He feels the exact same way he did it 
when he made those comments. He is, this is just career preservation. He's always, and the funny thing is, and you saw the reaction on Twitter, people who love Tommy Dreamer their whole lives came out and said, fuck Tommy Dreamer. I don't want to see him back. I mean, the, the reaction to Tommy Dreamer might have been a little bit overblown, but still 2021, you're going to say those comments after everything we've been through the last four or five, six years, you're going to make those comments and be okay with being on a national television. It was just very poor judgment by, by Tommy Dreamer. And the biggest thing about this that you brought up, Mama and Papa McMahon were there and let this all go down. Vince was letting them be – it was almost akin, you know, to it, just children. It, like, just letting them play around. Like, just let, let, let the kids have fun. Let them, let them blow off some steam. I mean, you have Brock Lesnar, who's three on, almost 300 pounds with – with a 260-pound Mr. Perfect, both 6'4", running around on a plane. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Going through the wall, like the fuselage. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, but that, but the big thing, I, like we were talking about, is Ric Flair. And it's just, it just is unfortunate. And to have this come out, and for Ric Flair, honestly... He's still going to, man. He really is. He, I just heard an interview with him. I, we were talking in pre-production. Just heard an interview with him on Renee Paquette's show. And he's still drinking. He's still doing Ric Flair. He, they showed him at, on Being the Elite at the bar, still doing the Ric Flair thing. This guy, I don't fault Ric Flair quite as bad as I do Vince McMahon for hiding it. And I do for Vince McMahon not putting an end to any of the bullshit that happened on this flight. I think the big enemy, the, the big villain here is that there was nothing done to Ric Flair because he was, quote, a made guy. Right. That's the biggest shame here that Ric Flair got away with this. And if he's getting his penance for that in 2003, if he's getting those penance now and now he's not going to get the AEW deal, well, then so fucking be it. It's time to pay the boatman's toll. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Malachi? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Like we referenced it earlier. I think if Ric Flair does like a genuine apology and just says, you know, I was under the influence of drugs and alcohol. I don't recall any of this. However, if this did happen uh, and and I, this woman felt threatened in my presence and I apologize. I'm so sorry. You know, there you go. Well, that's the thing. I think that conversation probably already happened. Ric Flair has addressed Mm -hmm. this with the WWE. This was all addressed legally. He's going to have to address it again. Now, now, Ric Flair just has to pay the piper publicly. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. If he does a public apology, like just like Tommy Dreamer did tonight, I wouldn't be surprised was, if AEW It would have this. to be a public apology. It wouldn't be to her. Right. Yeah. 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 He was like, just so you know, I, you know I, I was really immature and stupid. I've done a lot of really stupid things in my life, and that's one of them and yeah. what have you. Uh, you know, and that's, I'm sure Ric Flair will be fine in overall. I don't know if AEW, I mean, the way Twitter reacted, it's going to be a while before Ric Flair shows up anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little while. Um, which is interesting. What's Andrade going to do? You know what? They can put, I, I, what I'm thinking is, and we can get into that later, but I'm thinking they might have to just put them with Death Triangle and have a, be a good, in in a immigrant four horsemen, maybe they can call them the the lads or the the world powers. What what, what was that horrible faction? League of Nations. 
League of Nations. You can call them a League of Nations. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, so, uh, you know, so I, but I don't know. I think Ric Flair is going to have to take some time. But again, he didn't, I don't know. I think this, there might have been a little bit of an overreaction to these two guys. Again, the biggest shame is, is that just how often and how many times we have to go back and talk about how Vince McMahon allowed just really, really, really shitty behavior time in, time out. How many times? He's above it, man. He's, he's shown his behavior that he's above it all. And Under that's what watch, I think is the problem. Anything so, goes. Yeah. There, there's going to be some chickens coming home to roost as Vince starts getting older and loses a little bit of power and people are having less fear of him. There's going to be more stories that come out about Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I really do believe that. I really do. I think there's a lot of things that are getting button-lipped. I don't know what. I have no idea, but. Well, he was accused of um, of uh, sexual assault from a uh, female referee back in the day. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And he does feel like he's above it. I mean, he look, he went against the United States government and won. So if I'm Rick, if I'm Vince McMahon, I probably have a little bit of a God complex too. I think that that situation with God, where his car blew up or whatever happened, happened. I'll let that one out too, probably. Anyway, but he is above it. But then you talk about just some of the behavior else on this. So I'm talking about Ric Flair and Tommy Dreamer. I think they'll both be back in in, in wrestling within a year, but I think it's not going to be anytime soon. I think they'll both be out for at least a few months. At least. Um, but who knows? Ric Flair might be able to still go out in Mexico. They don't, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that, that'll matter. Hey, listen, I, I think if he goes and apologizes, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him within a year. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Like, it all depends on how it's handled, man. So, because um, it definitely looks like they were doing going that route with Andrade and him. And, they're not going to like Andrade must be like, Oh my God, like anything he's doing here is cursed. He was supposed to wrestle pack and then it didn't happen. <laughs> and then it's like, he's fired two managers already. But yeah, um, let's go through some of these other things that happened. So one of the big things that happened, we took, we alluded to it, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Henning. He was known to be a big river, put the shaving cream on top of Brock Lesnar head and whack. And that started a play fight that got them in banging around in the fuselage and they were banging up against the door, which you can't physically open, obviously for obvious reasons, but just insane. And see those guys, you know, well over 600 pounds of of beef. Well, sorry, well over 500 pounds, almost 600 pounds. So that, that was ridiculous. Then you had another one, which I just think is funny and stupid. Dustin, just talk about this is children. These are such child. This is like a, what a 10 year old would do or a 15 year old would do. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Reynolds, heartbroken. Dustin Rhodes, gold dust, heartbroken, singing to Melina, Terry Reynolds at the time, singing to her right, right after their breakup on this flight in front of everybody. And then Jim Ross, I guess he was on so bad. Jim Ross was up front. And then Vince is like, can you go back there and shut him up? And so Jim Ross is like, all right, none of that bullshit. Done. It was that bad where Jim Ross, none of that bullshit. <laughs> you guys. I mean, you it's really unfortunate Rick played the thing with his cock, with his lady, because you can make it a movie out of this this, this show, this this fight. 
Yeah. You really could. Is Jim Ross coming out? Why are you raising kids back here doing your thing? <laughs> so he sings a love song with Terry Reynolds, embarrasses himself, and then he goes back in and starts spitting his dip chew into the seat ahead of him in the little pocket in front of it. That's that's the end story of Dustin Reynolds. He only got suspended and fined. And and the other thing that Dustin Reynolds did, he was the one who stepped in between Ric Flair and the flight attendant. So Dustin Rhodes and Goldust in this situation was somewhat of a hero as well, because he was the only one that did step in between her, the flight attendant, and Ric Flair. Who's to say what would have happened? Yep. Who's right. to say? I mean, how long did she need to do that? To the point where, to a point where a guy had to step in and tell Rick to leave her alone. That's where it definitely was more than just what Tommy Dreamer suggested. But that's that. So let's get into this funny ass story, actually. So somebody H bombed Michael Hayes, apparently. And an H bomb is putting one of their drugs, and I forget the name of it, putting one of their. Calcium. Yes. Putting it in their drink, and then they're out, and they are just gone. And apparently, it was a big rib to basically, it basically looks like a roofie, folks, a date rate drug, so to speak. And they would put them in each other's drinks just so they can fuck with them. And I guess someone put one in Michael Hayes' hair, who was a jerk-off. And, I mean, probably dropped the N-bomb on more than one occasion. He's already been classically known to have done at least twice. And anyway, he was kind of an asshole. And then X-Pac, Sean Waltman, cut his fucking ponytail off. And it didn't matter because he wasn't on-air talent at the time. He was creative. So it didn't really matter. And what I... Love about this. They talk about it early in the episode, and then you kind of forget about it. And then you bring they bring it back. And at the end of the episode, they bring it back. How Michael Hayes wakes up when they land and just <laughs> freaks the fuck out when they get to the next day. And his hair was in a plastic bag on top of and stuck to a door. Like a trophy. Oh my god. Gotta love my JR JR had to go in there and go get it and throw it in the garbage. Imagine Jim Ross having to deal with all this stuff. What there was a, a couple other different things that had happened. Scott Hall also, same Stuart, uh, same flight attendant, grabbed her and said he was going to lick her. Yeah, well, he was bombed. He was he was a, he was a vegetable for most of the flight, apparently. Yeah. And then who got him? Who H bombed him? Henning? He, he thought someone he he said he thought Kurt H bombed him. He's like, I think Kurt, he, there was <laughs> there was an interview, and I think it was an interview on Talk is Jericho, or it might have been even on the Steve Austin show podcast. He's like, I think Kurt H bombed me because I could handle my pills and my booze, which by the way, can he? Yeah. Not really. He's not great at it. Can, can he? Can you? Can you, Scott? Because I have seen. <laughs> and I don't even know you, homie. So can you? But uh <laughs> but that was kind of even creep, but but for her it didn't seem like she was I think that was kind of whatever. That was just a, a dude being creepy and hurt. The flair thing, he was making a spectacle of it, and no one was helping her. And it was that's what probably felt made, made her feel so so alone. Because it wasn't like Ric Flair 
didn't show anybody else's penis and walked around. I mean, I don't think any he cornered anybody else and they asked him to touch it and then grabbed their hand and tried to put it on this junk. But, <coughs> but what Tommy Dreamer would have been into it. Now that's one thing I want to talk about. Okay. So Tommy Dreamer, can we get a clip of Tommy Dreamer talking about Ric Flair's cock? And I don't know, folks. You tell me how, tell me this isn't, do you think he admires Ric Flair after this because he was the 16 time world champion or because he was the 60 all night and can go all night in the bedroom, Space Mountain? Because listen to this dude. He was hips twirling, and so his well endowed penis. Sexual healing, sexual healing. He would just vibrate around with his hips and a very well endowed penis. Yeah, baby. He swings around like a helicopter. Oh, yeah. This is Tommy Dreamer getting all sexed up right now, talking about Ric Flair's cock. Now, here's some hollow notes. I can't go for that. You know, Dreamer like jumped up and it was just like applauding it when Flair was doing the helicopter. He's like, I love this act. This is great. He was like Jimmy Hart to Rick to, to, to Ric Flair's penis is honky tonk, man. <laughs> yeah, baby. It's the greatest all time, baby, right there. Look at that car. Just <laughs> the way he would gyrate his hips. And his large, well-endowed penis flopping in the breeze. Let's just say, dangling oh so just delicately. I had a feeling in my hip pocket. Yeah. Tommy. Yeah, I've never. Sounds I, like I, I, I would. I, I just would love for people to like, think of me in such admiration as Tommy Dreamer thinks of. Rick Flair, Rick Flair's uh, penis, just unbelievable. It's funny you tweeted. That's actually a very similar tweet that I actually that that I actually tweeted a couple of days ago. Got a couple of likes. I was like, I want someone to talk about me the way Tommy Dreamer talks about Rick Flair's penis. There you go. That's exactly right, man. And just the way it was, like, hey, baby, just his, he's gyrating his hips. It starts with the, the gyrating of the hips. Yeah, gyrating his hips. Oh, so delicately, like all my boyhood dreams were becoming manhood dreams and everything in me was becoming one with Ric Flair's cock. So that happened. You had the shenanigans with Michael Hayes and I got to be missing something. But I mean, you talk about crazy shit that went down and the way it was except. Oh, yeah. And one of the other big revelations, which we completely forgot to say. Terry Runnels, who I think is a very underrated character in this episode because she had a lot of insight and almost like a Stockholm Syndrome kind of vibe toward the end of it. But she came with the revelation that Brock Lesnar whipped his dick out in front of her. And a lot of people were wondering how come there wasn't a major backlash to Brock Lesnar. And I think I have a reason as to why. Vlad the Impaler, Brock Lesnar whips his dick out in front of Terry. Nothing else happens. Do you think Brock should be getting some heat right now, too, or no? Um, yeah, actually, because you know what? It's like, but it's it, it's. 
if, if, if Flair is going to be held to this to that a certain degree, I'd say Brock deserves to be as well, if you're asking me. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. This was never confirmed by anybody else. And Terry also oh. said later in the episode, I don't, I don't know why they even brought this up, because this was not on the plane ride from hell. This was a completely different situation. It, and I believe happened in Germany while off of the plane ride from hell. Oh. That's where it happened. Oh, okay. Same, okay. Same, same there, is a, there is a relation. Okay. So, but anyway, so she said something to me that was that struck me. She sounded like she wasn't super sympathetic to Heidi Boyle, the flight attendant. Right. She said, if I sued everybody, something like that happened to me. And whatever the joke was. Right. She didn't sound sympathetic. She didn't sound like she felt bad for her. So I thought it was weird that Lesnar was... It's just interesting the way Lesnar was a rising star. Ric Flair was still a big star. It's just so interesting to me that those guys got passes and Mr. Perfect did not and Scott Hall did not. Right. It's kind of yeah. like Michael Irvin can, can show up late to practice after he was doing coke till five o'clock in the morning right? and fall asleep in a meeting. But if you, if the fifth string running back does it, he's off the team. It's the same exact. Yeah. Situation. Yeah. Alvin Harper better be there on time. Yeah. So it just seems like that was, I mean, how many times also the entire steroid scandal and everything, I mean, Vince might've gotten off, but we know he turned a blind eye, everything there, you know, he probably was doing more than just turning a blind eye. He was probably like, JR, uh, get rid of uh, Mr. Perfect and get rid of Scott Hall. Enough's enough. They're old and the NWO thing isn't really over. Get rid of them. Yeah. Cause this man fucked that up. <laughs> He didn't know how to do. He didn't know how to book the NWO. I mean, surprise, surprise. Yeah, exactly. So, but Terry Runnels. So she brought that up, and I don't think she ever wanted anything to come out. And by the way, who knows what kind of conversations? Not nearly enough was brought to light about that. Nobody confirmed it. So I don't know if Lesnar should, unless it's confirmed by somebody other than Terry, just saying it was his dick. They would have to be Dustin. Dustin Reynolds would have to come out and say, Dustin Rose would have to say, yeah, that happened. Yeah, and he has not done that. Right. So that's why I don't think, unless it's confirmed, I don't think anybody should be throwing Bach Lesnar under the bus. <clears throat> Even though he could probably pick the bus up and throw it back at you anyway. But True. I'm not throwing him anywhere. <laughs> but, right. but I also thought it was interesting, her take, when she did come off as not being sympathetic to Heidi Boyle, because it was just something that she was so accustomed to. I mean, she, she knew what they were going to do. That's why she stayed in the front. I mean, these right. are children. These are guys acting like children. And these are men in their 40s and 50s and 30s. Yeah. I mean, they were just, it's like Lord of the Flies up there. And as you said, RVD, really the hero here. You said that's in pre-production. The one thing you could say about Rob Van Dam throughout his career, and this is one thing, you don't just get over a year or two. You get this over time. He's honest, and he's been honest since day one, and he's never wavered. And to see him just call it what it is, and I think, I think it was brilliant. I thought Rob Van Dam was really a great 
person in this situation in terms of just being able to shed a little bit of light on things. And as you said, RVD was probably way ahead of his time. He was blackballed from the company because of his liaisons with, with sister Mary Jane. And, you know, that's obviously something Vince isn't into. Drink all you want, do as many pills as and steroids you want, but don't we smoke any weed. Yeah. Imagine if Vince had just a more progressive perspective on that. <laughs> so this how many, is how lot. many more people would have lived? Well, again, Vince is, I mean, again, that generation, that, that generation, you got the Donald Trumps, you got Vince McMahon's, you got a lot of people of that generation. They didn't, business was such a way where it didn't matter if you hurt people to succeed in business. Right. And that way of thinking is now becoming not the way a lot of businessmen are thinking. A lot of the up and coming millionaires and billionaires are not. And so this way of thinking and way of doing business, which he Vince McMahon still has done, as they showed with Nikki James, there is very little care for the talent uh, yeah. at the end of the day. Now, that's being said, yes, Vince McMahon has done tons of miracle things for people, saved people's lives. Scott, he spent millions of dollars on people like Scott Hall and Jake Roberts and all the rest of them to get them help. There's tons of people. So there is that, too. But at the end of the day, he's more of a businessman than ever, than anything. And he turned a blind eye if it was what was best for business. And I think a lot of things may come out, not just about it, but a lot of people who, through getting rich through the 80s and 90s, a lot of things are going to be brought to light. And you're seeing that every day. Another, another, man, another powerful man is going down for doing some shit. Yeah, man. And this is an interesting scandal that uh, is bubbling up all these years later. So we'll see how it progresses here because this could definitely go back towards Vince and, you know, the board that he has to answer to might not be cool with all this. And yeah, but he doesn't, he's still the, the guy there. I mean, I, I don't think he's still the chairman, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, I, I, look, I, I think that this, of all the scandals that seems Vince McMahon, I don't think this is one of the top. Put it that way. Right, right. But where Vince McMahon gets in trouble with his scandals is when it hurts his pocketbook. And Andrew Yang tweeting about how he had a, a phone conversation with the department, depart, with the Secretary of Labor, uh, the National Secretary of Labor, talking about any wrestlers who feel like that the the independent contractor contracts were wrong. I don't know. They basically are going to go after some money from Vince McMahon from wrestlers who feel like their contracts were not fair. Right. And Andrew Yang's look, the guy was a major player in the Democratic ticket for about two months. So, you know, possibly ran. He was looking into running for mayor of New York City. So Andrew Yang definitely wants to make change. And he loves professional wrestling, apparently, which is cool. So that's the kind of thing that might make things change. But I mean, and I, like to uh, we alluded to earlier, he's not the same guy he was 18 years ago and 30 years ago when he went up against the, the government and went up against you know, Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff. He's not the same guy. That's why you wonder if this AEW thing won't, will go the same way because will the WWE adapt? 
long-term to beat AEW. And I don't know, they did last time. I don't know if they have it in them this time. I don't know. He was just incredible. How about his part of the story? Wheeling out Scott, like fucking weekend Bernie's. Just getting him through customs. <laughs> Putting sunglasses on. And by the way, the one thing you love about Dark Side of the Moon, the blurry characters in the back that look exactly like the characters. Like you yeah. just saw X-Pac acting just like X-Pac would have. <laughs> like doing this whole thing with the scissors. <laughs> you can see X-Pac doing that. Yeah, they, they cast it well. Oh, my God. Well, it is it is a shame. Do you think the fallout, and one last thing we'll get into, do you think the fallout, because I know you were big on this, the four horsemen, we talked on it briefly. You think within a year, we talked about, you think you think AEW brings them in within a year? You think that's going to happen, or do you think AEW stays away from them completely? No, I think they're going to bring them in. Tony Khan's tight with Ric Flair. He's he's nostalgic. He's going to go and do it, and it's going to be like he's going to say like Rick, you know, you got to apologize, and and all oh, by the way, stay out of trouble, and it'll bring it back. I just worry for Ric Flair because it doesn't sound like it sounds like he's going to die in the ring or on top of his wife. It's it's what he wants to do. It'd be a real shame if he died like Savage, having a heart attack and driving into a tree. Yeah. That would be, that would not be a Ric Flair way to go out. I would don't wish that on anybody. Woo! I'm gonna die in batter in the ring. No, you're gonna die at acne. Sorry, Rick. Buying soup. Where is the clam shouter? Woo! Ah! So Ric Flair goes buying clam chowder at acne. I think he'll go out better than that. <laughs> you would think he would, but that would just be the saddest thing. Yeah. Ric Flair has suffered a heart attack in the soup aisle at Acme, and we don't know if he's going to make it. And MJF just cut a promo on him. <laughs> oh, my that's God. A, that's, an, that's another reason they got to bring him into AEW, man. That MJF promo on Ric Flair after this would be great. What By the do, way, get, that's what Tony Khan should do. If you're in a yeah. scandal, you get to have MJF cut a promo on you. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do, Rick? You're going to go do the helicopter on me and treat me like a stewardess? Hey, bud, are you going to get drunk and be stupid? Congratulations, bud. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I want MJF. It would be great if MJF just cut a promo on everybody that fucked up big time. The problem is he'd get booed because he's too good at being a heel. He's nuclear, man, is it, with his heat. Well, the thing is, he gets a large boo, but everyone loves to see him. I mean, you again, I, we talked about I don't want to get too much into MJF during the Dark Side of the Ring episode, but he is the perfect. I don't know if I've ever seen a more perfect professional wrestling heel, and he's only 24 or 25. Yeah. Incredible. Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. In the Dark Side of the Ring, the plane ride from hell. We'll touch on the Chris Canyon one next week as well, which is again, Ric Flair might because he had a little bit of a phone conversation disagreement on the Howard Stern show back in 2006 with Chris Canyon. And Ric Flair said, quote, which people have been bringing up tonight on Twitter, said, quote, unquote, actually, this is paraphrased. Uh, Chris, I'm just ashamed. I, I'm just ashamed and disappointed that Chris would use his personal life choices as the reason he got fired from WWE. 
his personal choices and basically saying being gay was his personal choice. And obviously that's not the thing to say now in retrospect, but you might see some things. I mean, now is Ric Flair really going to be celebrated for being a drunken asshole and womanizing people? Cause we're getting to the point where that lifestyle is not looked proudly upon anymore. Uh, you know, Listen, man, it's like people still admire Al Capone from a distance these days. You know, different strokes for different folks, man. And Ric Flair's a, a national legend, man. If there was Twitter, Al Capone would never have been the same thing. He would be shitting on him all the time. Al Capone's not a real gangster. He blew up these kids in, the, in this coffee shop. Fuck Al Capone. Hashtag Al Capone's not, not that bad ass. It's yeah, very difficult for anyone to have. Does, is anybody universally loved anymore? Nobody. Keanu Reeves. And that's only from the last couple of years. You go back well, 15 years ago, people are shitting on him before being a horrible actor. And now they love him. I mean, people still think he's a horrible actor, but he's just a nice guy. It's a great guy. Amazing humanitarian, great human being. And it's incredible. You know, he never did a helicopter with a fucking woman in the corner. No. He might have done a helicopter with Paul Abdul in the Rush Rush song video. Wow. Look going back. Yeah, go. hey, definitely going back there. Have you ever been in love? If I did, I wouldn't know it. Dude. I'm not the dude. On that note, we will see you guys on our very next episode. We're going to talk AEW and WWE. Thank you so much for the impaler. This is Silicon Steve Valley. We'll talk to you guys later from high spots and cheap pops. Please hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Please, we're trying to get over. Do what, what you can. Thank you so very much from all of us here in high spots and cheap pops. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you.